Hey everyone, welcome back to the DJ Sessions where we feature the best DJs and producers from around the world. I'm your host Darren and right now we're in the DJ Sessions virtual studio with none other than DJ Nikki coming to you all the way live and direct from Brooklyn, New York. Nikki, how's it going this evening? It's going well, thank you for having me back. You're very welcome, absolutely. You know, um, we talked a few months ago and uh, we wanted to get you in front of our DJ Sessions viewers, let them know more about you, what you got going on out there on the East Coast. So you are the owner of Good Girl PR, and you also have a, a, a station, a radio station, uh, Good Hope FM. Let's start a little bit, and, and tell us a little bit about Good Girl PR, and then we can go into about what Good Hope FM is about as well. Sure. I started Good Girl PR in September of 2008. I wanted to be a DJ, hired a publicist, and I felt like they were leveraging my contacts. I said, why pay them a monthly retainer when I can do PR myself? So Good Girl PR was sort of like a joke. Um, it was named after Bad Boy, like Good Girl, Bad Boy. Um, my first event was with VH1 and Hip Hop Honors, and it went really well. From that, every celebrity DJ wanted me to be their publicist. So I've had Good Girl PR now for 12 years. Um, not only do we do music PR, but we do fashion, beauty, business PR, art PR, um, wellness, tech. Um, so the business has grown. Um, I am a serial entrepreneur, so I just thought an opportunity to build a brand and also empower others um, by offering them internships in contracting roles. So that brings us here. Awesome. I, I know the route. I, I applaud you for uh, being an entrepreneur, small business entrepreneur, medium business entrepreneur. I, I found a knack after years of working in the corporate world uh, for the likes of companies like Nordstrom's and Apple that really I enjoy being my own boss. Uh, I think that's the biggest kick that I get out of it and that I, at the end of the day, the results that I produce, the labor of my results are, are, my, are my win, uh, are, are my, um, my successes. I'm not necessarily working. I'm working for the people, my audience. Uh, I'm working for my team and the people that I, that I try to produce a good product for. But at the end of the day, I get to reap everything of what I sow. Uh, you know, and, and I get to make all the calls. And I know that's just a very empowering decision uh, a very empowering position to be on to be able to make those decision calls and I find I just I, I like being in that position so I applaud you for, for taking that endeavor on uh, and, and running your own company and you know it's, it's definitely a thrilling ride um, and it sounds like you're doing really great at it and you're having a good time and lots of fun doing it and, and also being able to share those experiences and bring other people on board that also have that entrepreneurial spirit or just want to get just want to see what it's like I, I mean that's just awesome being a mentor and, and leaving or passing the torch or one of the biggest words I've chosen to remember and, and strive forward for over the last about year and a half, two years is legacy, you know, and really what are you going to leave behind or what are you doing or can you leave this behind and pass the torch to somebody else and uh, making sure that happens. Yeah. I definitely have been thinking about that because I do have a six year old who often acts as my assistant. Um, <laughs> she can text you back and let you know when I'm not available. Today, she also texted someone back to delete something off of Instagram and told them I would send another file. So maybe she will inherit the girl PR if she chooses to be a publicist. She asked me the other day what that was. Um, I don't think she quite comprehends it, but yes, I would love to leave a legacy. 
you know, growing up, I, I, my father owned a business. I grew up in a print shop that he started after he left his corporate job in 87. And kind of growing up in that world, you kind of vicariously pick up on certain aspects of business aspects that you, you just don't know. Like, like she doesn't know what she's hearing you say or talk about now. But in 10 years or when she's in high school, she might want to go put together a campaign or put something together, run for class president or, or something of that nature and just know how to knock it out of the park because my mom taught me how to do this. I grew up in the household. I know how to run a PR campaign. <laughs> well, today we, were, um, on the, today we were on the train and TD Bank had an advertisement called Pound TD Banks. And she asked me what that meant and I said, well, TD Bank is trying to brand their bank. And then, you know, TD Bank is always all green. And Good Girl PR, I took her to our, my website. She goes, this is your website? I said, yes. I said, well, do you notice how everything's red? And how when I post on Instagram, everything's red. I was like, that's branding. I want people to see red and think of my company. Um, it's called a brand. So I'm teaching her things in piecemeal, which is great. So... I can see why when people have parents that are doctors, they become doctors, or if they become lawyers, they became lawyers. Um, it's not necessarily nepotism. It's just, just like if your parent is a DJ, you might learn how to DJ, right? Yeah. Um, you're a product of your environment. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, one of our resident DJs, Eva, uh, DJ Eva, she, her parents, her dad was a musician, and uh, mom was into fashion. She, she just has a very knack for fashion and music and passion for playing music and has been doing it. Since, I think she's been DJing almost since she was 14 years old um, and started at, has started a lot of the local clubs here, started a lot of local nights, has been one of those forefront runners. I'm so honored to be working with her and, and, and have her on, on the team with us. That yes, you're right. It just kind of vicariously passes down the line. Even if, they, even if your daughter were to be, go become a lawyer, she'd still have mom there that would know, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this. And how do I market myself? How do I, you know, if I'm going to be a defense attorney, how do I run a commercial? You know, how do I place that ad? You know, those qualities, they're going to come out uh, vicariously through just through osmosis, right. you know? So that's awesome. Um, so, yeah. So tell me a little bit about good hope FM. What's that all about? Sure. I actually haven't DJed um, on that station in a while, not because I can't, just because I've been so busy doing PR stuff that I haven't had time to record mixes. Um, I actually broke the tone arm on my turntable, or my daughter did, and I bought this new program called Phase. Have you heard of Phase? I was just going to ask you if you heard about Phase. However, Phase doesn't work with the Serato box, you have to buy the rain mixer. Oh, okay. So I after spending $600 on phase, I now need to spend $3,000 on a new mixer, which is not a problem, but I feel like there's like $10,000 worth of DJ equipment that I want to buy. Right? I, 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 so, this is why I'm not a DJ, but I am a producer, so I have my toys. <laughs> so for the past, Two months, I just have been on the grind with the intent of doing some other things that I just don't want to disclose on this call. We can talk about it offline, but needing to invest in a whole bunch more DJ equipment. And then two, it's COVID. So I was a little bit apprehensive about taking my turntables into the turntable repair shop. 
but now I feel good about that. So most likely this weekend, I'll drop those off to see their, see if they're actually open and not shut down mm -hmm. um, to get my turntables fixed because I'm, the controller is great, but I just want the fill of vinyl and using my turntable. So I'm going to get myself together um, this weekend, but I definitely have been doing a lot of events and kind of like branding online. I started a thing called Cocktails with Nikki, where I interview um, a bunch of different people in the industry that have helped me. Um, I have the Bedside Film Festival. I own a film festival um, that launches uh, for its third annual on the 23rd of October. Um, relaunching um, the Good Girl PR website, DJ Nikki website. I have a slew of interviews, like you're one of four. Um, so I've been very busy just keeping up with all the work, if that uh, makes any sense. Yeah. And then two, I haven't really been inspired by music lately. Um, I need to take some time really to dig in the crates and find new music. Uh, Are you tired over there? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wake up at six o'clock in the morning and go to bed at 1 a.m. every day of the week. No, you're tired. I get it. And I, I totally don't want to keep you long tonight because I was up at six o'clock monitoring some randomness. No, fun, but, fun um, story. I, I had a 4.30 meeting today, Pacific time, and I had some lunch right before the meeting. So I said, I'm gonna have some lunch, some dinner, early dinner, sit down and watch this show. 15 minutes after I ate, 15 minutes in the show, I was out. Yeah, I you're tired, you're always on the grind and I get it and I'm always on the grind. And yeah. honestly, COVID didn't slow me down. I've been more busy than I've ever been in my entire career doing wonderful events, you know, having good content, right? And it's not that I'm a workaholic and it's not like I'm all over the place. It's just that the time is now. If you want to plant seeds, plant them now because it's survival of the fittest. Yes. As my biology teacher would say though, it's survival of the strongest. It's, it's that I learned. Oh, what's the difference the strongest? Survival, it used to be survival or was it, it was actually the survival of, it's not survival of the strongest or fittest, I'm sorry. Let me correct that. It's the survival of those that can adapt. Wow. So you could be the, they found out that the strongest don't always survive. The strongest can be attacked still and they all go after it. But the ones that can adapt and say, hey, don't look at me over here and, 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 and deal with it, those are the ones that survive. So it's the, the ones that can adapt now, that kind of saying has been changed. I, I thought that was interesting too. I, when I took bio 101 for college about a year, year and a half ago, and my teacher was saying that's the new, the new norm. Um, so interesting, yeah, but you're right. Planting the seeds, working your butt off. I think somebody said it best six months ago. Uh, if you don't sit down and learn a new language, read a number of books, do something that you're passionate about, look into your hobby, explore something right now, when you have the time, then you kind of wasted the time, you know? Yeah, so COVID-19 has presented some challenges but I think it's about how you pivot during COVID. And one of my goals really has been to inspire others to start their own business and be entrepreneurs and have side hustles. I just don't think it's ever good to have all your eggs in one basket. 
basket. So if you're a DJ right now, the only thing you were DJing, you're kind of screwed right now because you're not gigging as much. So I've really been trying to just like plant seeds, develop my different properties so that they can be efficient um, machines, delegating things to capable people who've proven that um, they're hard workers and accountable because I mean, I love DJing, don't get me wrong. And I love music, but right now I, there's no club. And doors are about to shut. I'm not gonna, once it starts getting cold and things are enclosed indoors, I don't feel comfortable doing that. So how do I pivot my brand during COVID? And that's really developing a presence online. So when COVID stops, I would have really branded myself and all those opportunities will be mine, right? Absolutely. So that's been my focus. Yeah. Uh, speaking of your DJ career, I'm going to take set, going to put you in the time machine right now. I got the DeLorean right behind me with the flux capacitor going. You're going to go 88 miles an hour all the way back to what, do you remember the first record you bought, what year that was and what the first record you bought was? It must have been a Michael Jackson album. <laughs> Probably bad. 1990. As far as buying a record, probably bad by was Michael bad. Jackson. Was bad. If that was 87. Yeah, that probably was the first album that I bought. Yeah. My own. Um, but before that, I used to just listen to my mom's music. <laughs> her, my mom's vinyl. Yeah. And, and in regards, was bad the first was that your first vinyl album that you bought that you actually played as a DJ? Do you remember? No, I didn't start DJing until I was in law school. So that would have been in 2000, um, the early 2000s. Uh, but always buying cassettes and CDs, um, but as far as the vinyl purchasing, not until I started DJing in, in law school, undergraduate school. I had always wanted to be a DJ, but at that time, there weren't a lot of female DJs. It was a very male-dominated industry. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, I, I work very closely with, one of our missions is to reach out, and, and because of that, um, I've seen that shift. There was a movie I saw in 2017, it was released, called um, Amplify Her. And it was a movie about a lot of the top female DJs in, in the scene and telling their story about what they've kind of had to go through and what it's like being out there. And I was just completely moved by the movie uh, in so many ways, um, you know, because obviously I would do my shows, the DJ sessions, and yes, 99% of the people that would come and play on the show were men, were guys. Even the younger people were guys. And I've always wanted to reach out and get more people, uh, more females, more trans, more, more of the community involved, because it's really about the music, you know, and, and trying to promote that effort and, and, and break that barrier. And the cool thing is, is that the DJ sessions has always been an open table environment, always will be, always has, and always will be. You know, you knock on our door, you want to come play, as long as you aren't preaching certain political or <laughs> certain agendas on your social media that don't align with our philosophies, we will let you come play the show and have a good time because that's what it's supposed to be about networking and about the music. It shouldn't right. care about, um, you know, uh, sex, color, creed, religion. 
you know, those right. kind of things. It's about the music and, and making people feel good because you never know that one time you play a track. I remember I was, I had Darude over my studio one time and somebody walked by, we're good friends now. She walks by the studio and she looks in and she sees um, Darude in the studio and she's just like, oh my gosh, you have Darude in your studio right now? Cause we used to, it was so hot in our studio. We had to keep the doors open. And she just started almost crying. And we couldn't figure out why she was crying. Like what was going on? This is a grown woman. And she says, I just want to let you know that you, she came up and said, can I just give you a big hug to Darude? And he's like, yeah, you're a fan. Okay. But later on found out the story is she was at a point one night where she was going to commit suicide. This is years ago when she was younger. And one of his songs came on and it was on the TV. And at that moment she stopped to like, she said, Nope, I'm not going to do this. And so her just meeting him in the studio, just by having to walk by, you know, that, that music changing her life, that artist music, producer's music changing her life, and then being able to meet him, you know, that's what I like about music as a whole, um, that it's inspiring to so many people, especially elect electronic music, where there necessarily isn't a narrative per se with an electronic music song. There isn't words put to it. So a person in Germany and a person in, and in Japan and a person in Australia and a person in America, we all hear the same song. You know, we're hearing the same beats and, and, and you know, it isn't having to be translated into another language necessarily uh, where you might have to, you know, have American lyric. Like I was watching something the other day and they had rock the Casbah, but it was done in like a, a Middle Eastern version of the song. So, you know, how does that translate to the clash? You know what I'm saying? So just electronic music and music in general, bringing people together is an awesome thing. So, um, you know, working with more female DJs is, is one of our biggest agendas of, of giving them the spotlight, giving them a voice, giving them and empowering them, you know, to, to be on the forefront because there's so many wonderful people out there. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it, it just, it's unfortunate. It is kind of that male dominated industry uh, that gets talked about a lot. Uh, it's been brought up into a lot of, a lot of different. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't want that. I definitely didn't want that to deter me. So I started doing my own events. Um, I had always been a promoter since junior high, high school. And I leveraged that experience. Yeah. Um, so I started throwing my own parties and the lines were around the block. And I made sure that I was DJing. Not the whole night because I also had to rip the door but I just made sure that I was on the bill and I kind of used that to brand myself. I did what I had to do. Yeah. Um, I, I totally, I'm self-made basically is you, you got to kind of wear all the hats and run the ship and work the door and collect, you know, collect the money, pay the bills, do the marketing. I, I'm right there. I know how that goes. That is awesome. I applaud you for that. You also mentioned that you didn't start DJing until you were in law school. And yeah. um, would you recommend, now, I'm a big proponent of education, and I would, if I had kids, I'd say, you're going to get an education first, then go do what you want. Um, but you said you didn't start till you were in law school, till, till the early 2000s. Would you recommend a career as a DJ to, to a young person, to a, to a, to a pre-college um, individual? If that's your first love, I definitely think you should do it. Um, I actually had a lawyer who reached out to me about doing PR and he's, I think he's a partner at a law firm and now he wants to be an EDM DJ. I told him about your show. Uh, and 
he said he used DJing to pay for law school. So DJing can be a hobby, but it can also be a hobby as a career. Mm -hmm. uh, I call it a hobby as a career because it's something that you enjoy doing. It's not like your typical like nine to five. So of course, um, do what you love. If you love DJing, just go for it. Um, I tell all DJs, just know your music. And like I was saying before, right now, I want to fall in love with music again. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I'm in love with music as I was before. Um, and I want to fall in love again, which is why I think I need to start digging and listening to new things. I need, you know, music is always new to your ear the first time you hear it. Mm -hmm. So it could be old, but I need to hear it if I haven't heard it before. So I think that's something that I want to work on. And when you go to take the stage, when you're working out there and you take the stage, do you become a different person or persona on stage? Uh, is it, is, is it, is it DJ Nikki, you know, you put on the, the makeup, the hair, the outfit, the mask, or do you change, do you uh, do a special dance or is there anything that's like a signature that, that changes you from day-to-day um, -day life to DJ Nikki on the, on the, on the stage? Yeah, I definitely don't have a, I definitely don't have a lot of makeup on today. But I would say that um, I definitely have my hair and my makeup done um, in a cute outfit. I'm pretty girly. Um, I'm not wearing anything overly um, revealing or anything like that, but I'm definitely girly and my makeup's done. I also love um, 90s like junk jewelry. So like bamboo earrings and uh, name necklaces and, you know, nice nails. Um, but that's pretty much it. Um, I want to feel comfortable while I'm DJing, so I dress very comfortably. So, and, and so, um, you're, you mentioned you, you've gone to law school. You have a career running your PR company, and you've been doing this for a while. You, you look at bands like the likes of U2 and the Rolling Stones. Even take Carl Cox for example, and he's been DJing. And the question asks, you know, do you see yourself DJing at the age of seventy? Or do you see a retirement of your DJ career? Because nobody has really retired yet from the world of DJing. They say, oh, I'm putting my records on the shelf. I'm putting myself on the shelf. I'm not going to do it anymore. But somehow they get called back into the game for some reason. So there hasn't been a retiring of DJs. There are people that have left the game. But, I mean, there's been people out there. Do you see yourself DJing as long as you can get behind the decks? I'm going to go for it or – um, do you see yourself DJing well into later in life and retirement years? That brings back to my point of the like hobby career. Mm -hmm. um, do you stop hobbies as you get older? No, you don't. So no, I don't see myself necessarily stopping to DJ. Do I see myself not in the club as much? Absolutely. Um, I think I'm more ready for like radio. Um, uh, now I don't necessarily want to be in the club um, to you know late at night, especially during COVID. Um, so I just I, I'm really working on trans um, transitioning into doing way more radio stuff. It's funny you mentioned that I you know I've been clubbing for better more than half my life for 28 years, and um, now I do my own events and we do our, our silent disco events. And we don't do them at nighttime. I do them from two to six in the afternoon and we brand them as a family friendly event. And I still get to get my groove on. I get to listen to my music, multiple genres of electronic music, uh, 
everyone gets to come out. It's a good daytime event. And the people that are my age, you know, I'm, I'm 46 now, they're your parents, they're married. They don't want to go out to the nightclubs and be out there at 10 o'clock at night, wait until midnight till the headliner goes on and seeing the show till two and getting home at three and hiring the babysitter and all that. They can actually come out to our events in the afternoon. So it kind of, we still get to get it all on. I found a way to still get my electronic music event dance on in a sense, but without having to be at the nightclubs till three or four in the morning, you know, and coming home. And then the pocket. You totally don't look like you're 46. You look like you're in your 20s. I, I, I was, I was going to shave today too. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about this <laughs> off just for that reason. I think people won't take me seriously. If I say I'm 46, they're like, you've got to be 27. I'm like, no, I'm 46. No, I totally thought, I thought, I was like, oh, he's totally such a Gen Z guy. But you're so not. You're Gen X. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, you know, um, moving forward just a little bit here. You know, if you could pick one celebrity, one celebrity, doesn't have to be a DJ celebrity, one celebrity to collaborate with, who would it be with and, and why? I think I would love to A&R um, a Nas album. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. And why? Because <laughs> he's a great lyricist. He's a really cool person. I, I've met him before. And I think production makes any album, whether it be EDM, R&B, hip hop. Mm -hmm. And as a DJ, we know music. We know what people will like. Yeah, I had, I had somebody earlier telling me today, well, I'll be working closely with her here in, in the area. She goes, I have an ear for music. I know what's going to be a hit, but I'm not a musician. And I don't know how to play an instrument. But for some reason, I know what's going to be a hit. And, and I think that is, that is a, it's a quality. It's definitely a, having that ear, you know, of, of knowing what's going to be good. Funny enough, a friend of mine called me last night, and um, she was telling me, she still tells the story to this day, when we were talking back in 99, and I was just all about Eminem. And nobody believed in this Eminem guy. I mean, it was his first album. He kind of got a little bit, you know, Slim Shady with, ah, my name is. And I'm like, you got to listen to this. And Dre's producing him. And this guy's going to blow up. This guy's going to be huge. And people are like, no, he's not. No, no, he's the next Vanilla Ice. Blah, blah, blah. And she goes, nope, my friend Darren, he said it right there. This guy's going to blow up. This guy's going to be big. You don't understand. Now what I think about it. I totally wish we could buy stock and artists, like, you know, stock market, but just buy stock and artists. Oh, my goodness. Could we create the first record publicly traded record label that you invest? Each artist is its own stock and it's self. Each artist is self-funded by like, like almost like a GoFundMe for record. You heard it here first. Multi-million dollar idea. <laughs> somebody, has, somebody has to come up with this. I mean, it's a company that, you come in, you look at it, they're like a little portfolio. You can say, hey, I want, a, I want a little bit in this electronic music artist. I want a little bit in this hip hop. I want a little bit in this jazz. You make a little artist portfolio. Dang, that's a good idea. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag I don't know. I'm trying to think of a hashtag we can brand right now for it to own it. <laughs> hey, that's a great idea. Let's, let's talk about that offline. <laughs> Okay, cool. Oh, okay, uh, so speaking of celebrities, we, we spoke about an artist that you'd, you'd want to work with and collaborate with. If you were to see yourself in a movie, what genre of movie would it be and who would you be co-starring with? 
Oh, that's such a difficult question. <laughs> I really think EDM is a lot, a lot like 80s music. So if I was in a movie, like an older movie? No, I mean, like, if you, could, if you could star in a movie, you were somebody's co-star in the movie. So, like, uh, you know, if you were playing, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a recent movie, because there haven't been any real movies released, you know, like. That is such a difficult question, because it is, like, <laughs> midnight, and you're making me think so hard. Um, I promise you, I'm not an airhead. I'm just trying to think about this. One of my favorite movies is 16 Candles. Okay, okay, there we go. And I would want to be Molly Ringwald. And who would I want my co-star to be? I have no idea. <laughs> it would have to be a cute guy. But I don't want to put anybody on the spot right now because most of the cute guys I know. And if they watch this, I would be embarrassed. So I don't want to see that. <laughs> I totally understand. Yeah, I'm a huge John Hughes fan. Um, Breakfast Club is one of my one of my top favorites of all time. Definitely the Brat Pack and, and doing all that. Uh, funny enough, I was just being interviewed for another show, and um, two of the movies that I had picked, one of them starred Tom Cruise. It was in, in Legend, and the other one was Maximum Overdrive, uh, which starred Emilio Estevez. Um, you know, which obviously played in, in Breakfast Club. I think he did a say. I think he did Saint Elmo's Fire. Um, as well, but that whole the Charlie Sheen, the Brat Pack Kids, the 80s movies, definitely some of the classics. Um, the music in the um, Breakfast Club was really good. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was done really, really well. I, I, I don't think I've seen, you know, what I liked about the 80s films is the timelessness of it. They didn't, they didn't do what I call the quick three-second transition shot that you see nowadays, where it's like every two seconds, the camera angle is changing, or that constant, like, CSI where the camera is kind of moving, you know, they would get straight steady shots, good, you know, awesome shots. I, I guess I'm, I've seen a lot of movies growing up, um, kind of like memorized a lot of movies and stuff. But yeah, definitely 16 Candles, one of those good uh, kind of coming in age teenage movies. Obviously, Anthony Michael Hall playing, you know, the nerd in that movie was a very good part. I love 16 Candles. I might watch that after I get off the phone with you. Yeah. Um, and then fall asleep to start my day off tomorrow, not working. I'm taking the day off tomorrow. I hear that. It is the weekend. Uh, unfortunately, I have two shows to do every weekend, Saturdays and Sundays. We do our silent disco event. So I plow through Friday to Monday all day long. So Wow. Not the same for me. <laughs> but I so appreciate you having me back on. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else? Where can people find out more information about you and and where do they go to follow you? Twitter, Instagram, hashtags, all that fun stuff. Yeah, I think the best place to go is um, www.djnikkiee.com or you can visit um, goodgirlpr.com as well to see um, what some of the services are that I provide. Um, we're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Snapchat. Um, my daughter started a TikTok page for me. <laughs> uh, and then hopefully you'll hear more of me on radio, New York radio, 
um, Good Hope FM. Um, I will be putting out more mixes. I really just want to start getting more into um, doing more mixes, like I said before, and like production and kind of transitioning out of um, club life. Well, we'll definitely have to get one of those virtual mixes here to put out to our DJ sessions viewers, or even maybe co-collaborate on a live stream sometime with some DJs from back east and, and, and get you out. Uh, just to let you know, yeah. we've, been, we've been positioning on Twitch in the top 10 of the music section on Twitch the last about the last six weeks. Every time we go live, we're, we're hitting that top 10 spot, um, like right behind some of the last- I mean, I would love to do a nice um, retro EDM set for you. I would love to do that. That would be amazing. Let's talk about that offline. Heard it here first, DJ Nikki coming all the way from Brooklyn, New York. Thank you very much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Don't forget to go to our website, thedjsessions.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, hashtag us, The DJ Sessions. This is Darren and DJ Nikki, that way, coming to you all the way live from the virtual studios in Seattle, Washington, and Nikki in Brooklyn, New York. And don't forget, this is The DJ Sessions, where the music never stops. <laughs>